I'm Dr. Michael DeTola. And I'm Megan Strong. In this week's Case of the Week, a doctor's bark is worse than his missing bite. And can you snore or sniff your way to a stress-free dental visit? And a man pulls a plane with a rope and sees the bemused resignation of four Hungarian cheerleaders and wins a plastic model plane, and that's about it. That and more on today's Chairside Live. Hey now, welcome to episode 57 of Chairside Live, the 4th of July episode. Mega Lega Ding Dong, how are you doing today? I'm feeling rather patriotic. I've got my navy and white dress on and my red nails. Wow, I've got uh, blue and white and some gingivitis for the red mixed in. You actually have red on your tie. I do, thank you. uh, It's pretty subtle. I was going to go for the whole Uncle Sam outfit, but uh, turns out that uh, it's nowhere near Halloween and it's pretty tough to rent something like that on short notice if we're not near that. Yep. Well, good. We'll celebrate. I wish we had brought some fireworks perhaps in. I don't know. uh, Yeah, I would love that, but unfortunately they're illegal here. Well, I do. I bought some in Mexico last year and I'm going to be lighting them off during the news stories. You'll see them in the back. Pay no mind. Just keep reading and hope I don't set your hair on fire or something like that, like Michael Jackson in a Pepsi commercial. Oh, God. Uh, We got an interesting case of the week for you. I was walking through the implant department the other day, and I saw a case that uh, looked like it was going to go okay, and then I noticed there was something missing, and now it's going to be a little difficult, and we're going to have to get the patient uh, back in to make this thing work. In fact, let's go ahead and take a look at that now. Walking through the implant department the other day, saw a case that uh, I thought was interesting. It's an impression that came in from a doctor, and the impression looks okay. It appears to be... A two-step impression, you'll notice that the uh, two layers of material don't appear to be uh, blended together real well as they typically are in a simultaneous impression where we see a really close blending of the two where it's almost impossible to tell the two apart. It, It does look like they set at slightly different times and they're sitting on top of each other and looks like they could be peeled apart just slightly and again we don't see the uh, the blue material coming all the way across we always get a little bit worried that we might have a double impression when we don't see um, both layers of materials represented all the way across um, the arch on both of them we really like to see uh, that all the way uh, from uh, the posterior area on this side over to the posterior area on the other side but uh, it's a, a closed tray impression, as we can see when we flip it over, and the, and the doctor did use uh, closed tray coping. So that part was nice, uh, as we'll see when we look at the model here. So looks like we're going to be able to uh, work with this. Probably not uh, perfect, but certainly um, uh, definitely a lot better than some of the impressions that, uh, that we receive. And so as we take a look uh, at the impression itself, definitely looks like we're going to be able to Um, work with this. The doctors requested a uh, PFM uh, bridge from 19 over to uh, 26 and and really the issue with this case as we uh, come in and look at this is that we did receive an opposing model and uh, we've got that as well. What we don't have with this case is any sort of a bite registration. And that's going to make this very difficult to deal with, as you can well imagine, because we've only got four remaining natural teeth here. On the lower arch, we do have the entire opposing arch, but of course, with no teeth over on this side, it's anyone's guess as to where these teeth are going to go. What we do happen to have is a study model before these teeth were extracted and the implants uh, were placed. And if we try to hand articulate, Um, these study models from before and put these together, 
It looks to be the most natural position for these teeth is that the patient actually comes together in a class three relationship. And um, that's where the wear facets and that's where everything really seems to line up. You can see we've made a couple marks here with the class three cuspid and molar relationship. And we actually called the doctor and confirmed this, that the patient is in fact uh, a class three, a natural class three in that um, this is where the patient bites together. But even knowing this relationship, if we try to um, hand articulate it this way, it's pretty difficult. We can lock it in over on this side and say, okay, that's where it is, but how in the world are we gonna get the vertical over on this side? It's, it's just impossible to guess, try to get this spatial relationship and guess where this is gonna be. It's, it's pretty impossible. Now, sometimes what I've seen the technicians do, say in the crown and bridge department, for example, is jump the bite. And so what they'll do is they'll take a study model like this and they'll hand articulate it. So if we know, for example, that this guy's a class three and we feel like, okay, this is actually a pretty good representation of where this patient belongs. Sometimes we'll even send a photograph back to the doctor, oops, and have them verify it. We'll take impression putty and we can push it against the lingual aspect, not so much of the teeth because usually those have been prepared and we'll push it against the palate um, and the teeth if they're remaining, say, for example, on the upper and against the vestibule, the lingual vestibule on the lower. And so we'll just take impression putty and really push it against the back of there and make an index, if you will, of any remaining teeth and say the upper palate and then the lower vestibule um, and try to really get something where we can take that and then take the lower model, in this case where the implants are, and then hold it in and push that together. But you can see from the impression, because it was really lacking in the area of the lower vestibule, that we just don't really have enough anatomical information here to be able to even jump the bite. You know, I'm not saying that jumping the bite like that is really a great technique. It's still kind of uh, hacky in a sense. It'll do in a pinch, you know, if you don't have the bite registration and the patient lives 100 miles away and it'd be really difficult to get them in or if we've lost the vertical completely and we don't think we can get it you know using that putty on the on the lingual surfaces of uh, of the study models will at least get us close and if the doctor is willing to spend some time grinding in the occlusion and is okay with us guessing but here you know you can see that on the study model well we've got some great information there that appears to have nice information in the vestibule where we could push the putty against there and get some information here as well but here we really don't have much information there so we're going to be guessing so really what we need to do here is a bite block but again we don't have a lot of information here we can't wrap that very far down and even in the buccal vestibule, we don't go very deep and we don't have a lot of room, so we're really gonna need to keep it confined at the top of the alveolar ridge. And so we're gonna need to put a couple temporary abutments in here to have it sit down on the top for this wax rim. The, do the doctor said he didn't wanna pay for those, but um, doctor, you're just gonna have to bite the bullet on this one and pay for those. I think they're like $6 each, so come on. You're gonna need to man up, add $12 to your fee, or just uh, eat the difference um, because we're gonna need a, um, a wax rim that's gonna sit down and, and engage into a couple of these, just two, maybe one here and one here, so it's gonna sit on the top and not wiggle back and forth. And the other thing about these wax rims, you know, base plate wax is a notoriously inaccurate material. Um, the patient can bite into it and squish into it, but it, it distorts really easily. It could be hot in the back of a FedEx truck as well. So I'm gonna suggest that you cut it back 
and then really put some cross hatches in the top with a hot uh, Bard Parker knife or a lab knife and then squirt some bite registration material onto the top of that and have the patient close into that. Much more stable and even if the bite registration material comes off the wax rim it'll fit back in because you have those little cross hatches on the top of it. And that, that's way more stable. When the patient bites into that uh, wax rim without the bite registration material, it's just kind of mushy. And then when we go to take the opposing teeth and push it into the wax, it distorts the wax and pushes it around. And it's never a very stable bite. So it's fine to use wax uh, for the, the bottom part of the rim, but when the opposing teeth come in contact with it, it works much better if we have actual bite registration material for the portion that comes in contact with the opposing teeth. So. Um, all's not lost on this case, but we definitely want to use a couple um, temporary abutments here to hold the wax rim in place and then use some bite registration material uh, for the patient to actually bite into. And uh, that being done, we should, and we get an accurate bite from that, we should be able to have a, a case that ends up uh, being very successful for the doctor and patient alike. Muchas gracias, Dr. De Toya. De nada. <laughs> and now let's go to a segment we call Fewer Mail. This week's viewer mail comes to us from Marshall Brothers from Florida, and he writes, Dear Dr. Detola, I really enjoyed the 50th anniversary episode and the case of the week with the telescopic coping, but having dealt with unibuilt dentistry and precision attachments, I would definitely recommend cementing the primary crown and the four-unit bridge simultaneously to prevent the slightest possible margin of error. Thank you for your presentations. That's actually a great point, Marshall, and that's, uh, yeah, I should have brought that up, and that uh, really makes a lot of sense, and that's one of those things where uh, you think that you could put that one down first and then be able to put the bridge on right. top of it, and theoretically, it should all work, but in dentistry, we have teeth that move just a little bit, and so even though on a stone model where things don't move, it should work, the way teeth shift around, it could move, and so Marshall's idea to put it all down at the same time works a lot better and that reminds me Marshall a lot of times of when you make a crown for example um, a new crown underneath a partial that's got a clasp around it as well you know I remember making that mistake uh, as a young dentist I know I still appear very young but as an even younger dentist where I cemented a crown into place then tried to seat the partial over it after the cement uh, had already set and it would not go down into place and the rest wouldn't seat back into the rest and so it was a big problem and I learned then to put the crown into place and seat the partial over it while the cement was still setting just in case there had been some movement. And if nothing else, I was going to do some instant orthodontics on that tooth uh, and move it and get the chance to do it before the cement had completely set. So that makes a lot of sense. And just um, yesterday, as a matter of fact, seating some no-prep veneers, the same kind of thing because you'll try them in and you go, oh, they all fit well together but you really can't cement them all at the same time and so you'll put eight and nine in together and then maybe you'll put in 10 and 11 and those will go in together and then as you work your way back all of a sudden you'll cheat all the space and you'll go and you'll finally put in that last bicuspid and it won't go in and in this case um, I was trying to put in tooth number 10 and it wouldn't go in and I cracked it and I had to make a new one same type of thing if you could put them all in at the same time it would be better but with no prep veneers they just don't fit that way. And so I was cheating space, cheating space, and with no prep veneers, I always find when I get to that second bicuspid, it won't fit. 
your points well taken and that would be the best way to do it is put those in simultaneously just to make sure they all go down so thank you Marshall appreciate that and I have something for Marshall for being kind enough to write in and point out that uh, I could have been slightly more correct in my answer or a lot more correct and that is the good old-fashioned reverse prep kit nothing better than using depth cuts to make sure that you give your technician the best chance at restorative longevity and an aesthetic restoration as well Marshall, you probably don't need it, but uh, I find depth cuts are the best way to ensure that I give my technicians uh, the most amount of room to not only have a restoration that's going to last for decades, not years, but be nice and aesthetic at the same time. Do you have anything for Marshall? I do, in honor of the 4th of July. Would it be a muffin? Uh, no, sorry. Those were... No baked our... goods? No, they're all gone. Mm. Can't even pick it up. Here we go. Ready? Yeah. Ta-da! Ta -da. Look at that. What does that have to do with the 4th of July? Um... It's happy and draw, fun and celebration. Look, we're, che we're cheersing. Yeah, we are. Look, at, I held it the wrong way. You can't see the logo on my I cup. I know. It's, oh, you know what? Actually, stop. You asked if there was any muffins. No, but there is one leftover crumb oh, and right by at, your head. Look at the grease circle around it. Right. That's kind of sick. So you know it's good. It's all butter right here, 100%. It is, and it's all soaked into that. It's all greasy like my Italian skin. Great, wonderful. So you get a little bit of a taste of wow. a muffin and then this beautiful photo awesome, as well. Awesome, Marshall. Well, I hope you enjoy that. Uh, feel free to uh, eat that little bit of muffin uh, yes. if you choose to. And uh, I will sign that as well. And while I do that, Megan, do we have any news? Yes. All right. Needle-phobic patients may soon have another option in the dental chair if a new nasal mist gets FDA approval. The nasal spray is called Covacaine Mist and is designed to anesthetize the maxillary arch. The spray is said to be less harmful to the body's organs because it does not circulate in the bloodstream for as long as the injected version. It wears off more quickly, so that means less drooling. The product was inspired by a nosebleed treated by a nasal drug spray that just so happened to numb the patient's upper teeth as well. Research shows more than 70% of patients are willing to switch to a dentist that offers the needle-free mist. The FDA trials for approval should be done by the end of summer. What the hell's wrong with the other 30% of the patients right? who won't switch? I mean, that's, that's crazy. They I like guess, pain? I don't well, know. I, you know, actually, maybe that just says that uh, they have that much trust in their dentist that they're not willing to switch to another dentist, but they should at least go back. I'd like to see the follow-up question and say, would you at least demand that the dentist that you're seeing allows you to go see it because if you're talking about teeth seven eight nine and ten which i work on a lot mm -hmm. those are some really painful infiltrations to give and i give them really slow ridiculously slow injections i mean i'm like two minutes for a carpal underneath uh teeth number over teeth number eight nine because you're right underneath the nose like um, they always say on shark week on mm -hmm. discovery channel if you're being attacked by a shark to, to hit it in the nose because there's so many nerves there and it's a really painful area and to be able to give somebody a squeeze bottle and go and get maxillary anesthesia would be amazing I, I'm signing up for this I'm ordering this as soon as I can get it and I'm gonna use it uh, on everybody I can I mean that's just absolutely fantastic if it works sure. I mean hopefully it's gonna give us 45 minutes of pulpal anesthesia, Definitely. but um, I'm super excited yeah. about that. And I just think, think for the positive effects of this, if people now will say, okay, f 
okay, yeah, fine, I'll go to the dentist. And then all these people who would never go to the dentist before, you know, because they're afraid of the needles, now are getting treatment. And that is just incredible. And for me, I'm not needle phobic. I mean, of course, I don't like it. Right. Um, but I obviously, I would definitely opt for the nasal spray. But it, even as a non-needle phobic person, I'm still like, sign me up, right. you know? So I think if it works, it'll be an incredible inv- advancement. Right. You're actually more phobic of the word anesthetized than a needle. Oh, thank you for well, just throwing <laughs> me under that greyhound right there. And uh, It's a hard word to say, It people. is a hard word to say. It's one of those words that if you've been in dentistry for as many uh, long, long, tedious years as I have. It, it mm-hmm. gets easier to say. But you're, you're right. There are a lot of people who avoid uh, coming to the dentist, and they are the ones who would be the first ones to come because they've been ignoring cosmetic issues. Right. And if they could come, and in sleep apnea, mm-hmm. i.e. your husband, we see a lot of people with obstructions uh-huh. in their nasal passages, and it's difficult to get up there with a camera and see. I was at a course recently mm-hmm. where an ENT doctor came in, and she would put a camera up people's noses, it did not look comfortable. And to Ooh. numb them up, she had a long Q-tip that she dipped in a numbing yeah. solution and rammed that up their nose. And you could see like their eyeball get pushed to the side. <laughs> and I thought- They start crying. Yeah, and yeah. if they had a spray like that, that would numb the nose as well. Then you could take that camera and go up and find those nasal obstructions and the turbinates and stuff like that. So in addition to numbing the upper teeth, it would make it easier to scope somebody's nose as well, that mm-hmm. nasopharynx and look for those obstructions. Yes. Anything else? Yes. A man from Hungary recently pulled a 50-ton commercial plane using just his teeth. The strongman set a new record for the country when he pulled the plane approximately 128 feet in 52 seconds at an airport in Budapest. Female cheerleaders encouraged him on the sidelines as he placed the yellow rope in his mouth and began to pull the plane. After completing such a feat, the man was handed a model plane, which he promptly stuck in his mouth. I, uh, I'm glad you sent me the pictures on this yes. um, because I wanted to see what the cheerleaders look like. I'm yeah. not familiar with Hungarian cheerleaders. I just wanted to see. Yeah, and how do they stock up to or stack up compared to Rams cheerleaders? Well, Are the Rams even around? Well, no, the Rams they they moved to St. Louis a couple decades okay. ago. Still a source of heartbreak for those of us in Orange County. Thanks for reopening that. Wound. You know, actually, really quick, why I say that is because my PE teacher in high school was an ex-Rams cheerleader. So whenever I think of cheerleaders, that's the first thing I think of. That's why I said that. The first thing you think of. Oh, is that? It's it's also a great joke uh, from The Simpsons in this one episode where where Homer (laughs) Homer doesn't want to go to church. Uh (laughs) And uh, so he just talks to God on his own and stays home and watches football. And uh, and God asks him, they're having this conversation Uh and God asks him if, uh, you know, how are the Rams doing? And Homer has to inform him that they moved to St. Louis. Uh, anyway, uh, so the they don't look really like the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. That's kind of the prototypical sure. American cheerleaders. Uh, they don't really look like they're that into it. Uh, really, the two in the middle um, appear to have been forced <laughs> into it. And there may be somebody just off screen with a gun that we can't that oh, we can't no. see. But you see him standing there pulling it with his teeth. Um, it is kind of an amazing feat, I guess, to be able to do this. Um, and you look at the poster over here on the left, and it mm-hmm. looks like uh, kind Chuck of a Liddell. monster truck, yeah, <laughs> yeah, type thing that's going sure. on, a big MMA thing. Uh-huh. There's sponsors. You know, here's Ford. Right. You know, we're familiar with that company and a few other companies there. Mm-hmm. What did you say he got for doing this? What did he win? A little model plane. Right. Of the plane that he pulled. Right. That's Are you it. kidding? That's it. Shouldn't Ford's he, a sponsor. Shouldn't he get, like... I don't know, a year of free flights or something? Or one free flight? Right. Yeah, or a cash prize, $10,000? 
something other than here's a model plane. And I think it's hilarious that he jokingly, you know, started chewing on it. But I honestly for that, that is unbelievable. Could you, I couldn't even push the tire of the plane, let alone pull the whole thing. That is, I mean, he should really get something, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I believe so. And um, I, I'm going to say it right now. I would, I'm never going to fly Wizz Air again. <laughs> now, listen to me, Wizz Air, if you're watching. I don't I'm know sure if the name are. Air Urine was already taken. I don't know how you came up with Wizz Air as a name. The only name worse than that is Airbus. You know, when you think of a luxury thing that you want to fly in the air, bus, you know, right. really? Air Greyhound. Yeah, exactly. That was, mm -hmm. you know, big dog on the side. So I, I don't know how they came up with that name. Um, I guess maybe in, in Europe that's got a different kind of sound to it, a different yeah. ring to it. That doesn't sound like quite like it does here. But uh, just another strange story, something I don't think you'd see in America, except we already did the story of that guy, remember? Yes, I do. In <laughs> Many Coney months Island. ago in Coney Island yes. pulling something with his teeth. That mm -hmm. wasn't a dentist or was it? No, it was not no, a dentist. he was not okay, a dentist. Good. Thankfully, good. We don't yes. need our image sullied any farther. Thank you so much for yes. that, Megan. That about wraps it up for this edition of Chairside Live. On behalf of myself, Megan, the whole Chairside Live staff, and everybody here at the laboratory, I want to thank you for your time and your continued commitment to quality dentistry. Have a happy, safe, and healthy 4th of July. See you next week. The nasal spray is called Covacaine Mist and is designed to Sorry, started over. The nasal spray is called Covacaine Mist and is designed I messed up the word designed. Sorry. Anesthetize. Say it. Anesthetize. 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 I hate that word. The nasal spray is called Covacaine Mist and is designed to anesthetize. <laughs> <laughs> The nasal spray is called Covacaine Mist and is designed to anesthetize. <laughs> the nasal spray is called Covacaine Mist and is designed to anesthetize the maxillary arch. I said, and then I got screwed up uh, on. You could have kept going. That was good enough.